Thank you for that song. Enjoy that song. And my favorite singer, amen. Sings like an angel. Looks like an angel today in her white. Uh, and uh, see, I'm glad she took her wings off. It would make us all uncomfortable. And, uh, but uh, thank you for that song. Back in Luke chapter number 15, if you would. And uh, in this passage, and I love, and I've said a lot about it, even running up to um, this part of the service, and I'll be mindful of the time. I know some of you probably do have reservations to get to. Uh, and I got to beat the Methodists to the restaurant, uh, and uh, and so uh, I won't uh, keep you uh, too terribly long. But uh, one day, uh, the Lord uh, told a story that's probably the most uh, appreciated story I think in in the entire Bible. There's some that people are familiar with more than others, like Jonah. We've been preaching from Jonah recently, and uh, it seems that many people know that story, even folks that. Uh, don't know the Lord, uh, have uh, heard about it, and even what last week some guy got swallowed up by a whale somewhere, uh, and, uh, and so that's conjured up images uh, even in the minds of people who don't uh, believe the, the biblical story. And so we find this recorded here in Luke chapter number 15, and it starts in verse number 11, and I've had various occasions over the course of time uh, to preach from uh, this text uh, using this story and, uh, and from all kinds of different perspectives. I've, uh, I've talked about the prodigal son and uh, uh, noting the tendency of all of us uh, to be um, you know, rebels and to, to turn from God and, uh, and uh, to run away from his love and uh, entering into a far country and wasting our living on, uh, on things that uh, we shouldn't and, uh, and uh, having a disregard for, uh, for all of that and the price that we're paying and the, uh, the heart of God which is breaking uh, on our behalf when we do those things. And, uh, and there's a part of every one of us that, uh, that's prodigal. Uh, that we, uh, we run from God. Uh, we're bent on that, uh, and uh, that's just uh, something that we struggle with. And uh, so that story viewed from that perspective tells us how we can come back to the Lord uh, and how that the Lord, uh, you know, graciously receives us. And it's never too late to come back to the Lord. Uh, if you're not walking with Him today, you can, you can repent of that and you can come to Him uh, and uh, draw nigh. And, and the Bible says He'll draw nigh to you. Uh, I've preached this text from the perspective of the, of the elder brother, uh, the bitterness of the, uh, the older son. Uh, and uh, ref- you know, basically referring to him or, or tying him to the fact that we can be like him, uh, that we complain and, uh, and maybe in a, we have a cold, calculated um, you know, work ethic in our faith and our practice that uh, we kind of mail things in and uh, we have a, uh, maybe a good riddance uh, you know, type of an attitude uh, towards people. And, and so I preached about uh, the older son from that perspective, his arrogance, and, and have tied that into our own. I've, uh, I've preached from this parable uh, in respect to uh, the perspective of a waiting father. Uh, and uh, so uh, this, uh, this father in this story uh, stands as a representation, a parabolic representation of God. Uh, and how he waits for us, and, uh, and we, we look at that part of it as well, and, uh, and how he interacts uh, with, uh, with his son, how God interacts with us, uh, and uh, many, many ways to go about it. Uh, but t- today, uh, I want to look at it a little bit differently uh, as him being a model father. And, and I was uh, um, sitting yesterday and, and studying for a little bit about this, and a couple of things kind of came to my mind uh, through the day and uh, through the night last night uh, that I want to touch on uh, here uh, as well. So um, I want to revisit this uh, parable uh, to see in it 
which I think is an ideal representation of what a model father should be. Uh, absent all of the, the books and doctor so-and-so and whatnot and all the, uh, the information that is out there. I mean, you could just Google how to be a good father uh, and get page after page after page of resources uh, coming from different perspectives. And uh, what one person thinks is a good father, somebody else uh, might not think that. There are things that, um, in fact, I was I read about Brother Getch. He had posted something for his dad, and, and he said that uh, when he... Um, was growing up, uh, his dad and whatever, there was depression and other types of things. And so they didn't do uh, family vacations and they didn't go out to eat uh, and all these different things. But what his dad instilled in him uh, was uh, to work hard and uh, in all these different virtues. And so, but inevitably there's somebody that feels like they're a victim because they didn't go out to eat uh, and uh, they didn't go on vacations, and uh, they feel like they were deprived. And so it's all in the eye of the beholder. Uh, what one person looks at as being virtuous, maybe another person might have a struggle with that, and I understand that. Uh, but here we have a model uh, that we can look at. And so uh, kind of in summary, uh, in verse number 11, the Bible says, And he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Give me the portion of goods that falleth to me, and he divideth unto them. Uh, his living. Uh, and then it goes on that uh, the son, the younger son, took that and he went. The Bible says that uh, he wasted his substance uh, and on uh, riotous living uh, and he spent all and there was a famine uh, in the land and he began to be in want, verse number 14, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him in to feed, uh, his, uh, to feed swine. And uh, of course, uh, this young man was a Jewish man uh, and so to have that kind of a job uh, was something that uh, was unusual. And not only uh, because of the uncleanness of the animal and the religious uh, aspect of that uh, and uh, what God had told them, what they could touch, not touch, etc. Uh, you know, they couldn't, uh, they couldn't, in fact, Brother Bartels, even during Sunday school today, uh, said God changed some of those dietary laws. Uh, now we can have um, uh, bacon, amen, uh, and, uh, and uh, stuff. Brother, uh, Brother uh, Creek has COVID, and uh, last Tuesday uh, he's eating breakfast and couldn't taste, taste his bacon. Uh, and I said, they might as well just put you down then. Uh, ain't no sense living if you can't, uh, if you can't taste bacon. And so, uh, you know, we can have uh, those things. But not only was he feeding them, the Bible says he was eating the pig slop. The stuff that they were feeding the pigs, uh, verse number 16, and he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, uh, and no man gave it unto him. Uh, and, uh, and the Bible says, and he came to himself. Uh, I read a, a, a quote by D.L. Moody earlier today. Uh, There's always hope for a man when he begins to think. There's always hope for a man when he begins to think. And so he came to himself and realized that, uh, that uh, even the servants, the hired servants that his father had were in better shape than he was, and he perished with hunger. And he decided in verse number 18, he says, I will rise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but when, his, uh, when he was yet a great far off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him, and uh, which, um, you know, old men didn't run. 
that was uh, beneath them. Uh, it was unusual that he would do that, but shows. Uh, I think I'm going to adopt that uh, myself uh, and uh, say, run. <laughs> I'm too dignified uh, to run. You run. Uh, but uh, that he ran to meet his son. Uh, and, of course, we get into uh, the, the celebration that we referenced in our reading a little bit ago. Uh, and so what is it about him uh, that makes him a model uh, to, to us as fathers today? Uh, the first thing uh, that I believe is true of him, uh, and it doesn't allude to it as much in the story, but we know it to be so uh, in their culture, and that is this. A model father teaches his children truth. A model father teaches his children truth. Now, Jesus uh, didn't tell this story, this parable, in a vacuum. He was telling it to Jews uh, and uh, who knew the Old Testament scriptures. Uh, men and women uh, were familiar with the Mosaic law. Uh, they understood what God said in his word uh, to uh, the basics of their everyday living, uh, to their great heritage, and also their parental responsibility. Uh, and we, uh, we can assume uh, from uh, the very fact that he was a Jewish man, uh, that that was part of uh, what he uh, has, what had done in his life. In fact, turn with me over to Deuteronomy quickly uh, in chapter number 6. Uh, so um, they exposed their children uh, to the teaching of Scripture, both in precept uh, and in action. And so, uh, in fact, we read just before entering the promised land, uh, Moses reminds his people in Deuteronomy chapter number 6 and verse number 4, he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt, have, uh, shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and thy gates. And uh, so they were commanded, men in Scripture, uh, Jewish men, uh, to diligently instruct their children uh, in the words of God, the Mosaic Law, uh, and that's what they did. And by the way, I still feel that it's uh, the responsibility uh, of the man in the home to make sure that their children are religiously educated. I know a lot of that falls on uh, moms and uh, with societal pressures and jobs and the different things. Uh, but, uh, but if your uh, young people, if I can just meddle for a second, dads, uh, if, uh, if your children, your teenagers uh, don't know anything about the Bible, it's not my fault. It's your fault. Uh, it's not mine. Uh, and uh, it's your responsibility. If I get up here and I preach and uh, and, uh, and little Johnny and little Susie uh, aren't paying attention, and you ask them what they learned today in Sunday school or, uh, or what a preacher preach on, and they've got no clue, uh, then you need to instruct them and, and teach them, maybe give them a, uh, a, another sermon, uh, if you will, in a recap of what had just happened took place, and encourage them to pay attention uh, to the service and take notes and uh, whatnot. But if, if they don't know anything about the Bible, uh, it's nobody else's fault. Uh, other than your own. It is your responsibility to make sure that they're in the Word of God. Uh, and so discipline uh, is essential to teaching. And Moses incorporated that uh, in his words in Deuteronomy 8, 5. He says this, he says, Thou shalt also consider thine heart, that as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. And so not only did he instruct 
uh, fathers to instruct their children uh, and, and mothers as well, by the way, uh, and, uh, but instructed them to live themselves under the authority of God's teachings. Uh, said to them that they uh, are, need to have discipline. So as we live under authority, uh, as parents, uh, we teach our children about the ways of God. Uh, and when we do that, it takes on more than some type of existential relevance to them, uh, relevance because they see it uh, in uh, your life uh, as well. And uh, teach them, uh, if, you, if you teach them one code of conduct, uh, that they're supposed to live, and then you do something else, uh, your kids see the hypocrisy right away, and, uh, and it provokes them, uh, the Bible says, to anger. And so as uh, I live under those teachings, uh, I have to teach my own children uh, and to, uh, to instruct them in the Word of God and be a model myself. And I believe that that's what this man had done. And I believe that in part because of his reaction uh, in how he dealt with what we read about in the story. Uh, in fact, the Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go. When he is old, he'll not depart from it. When he is old, when he has hair on the chin, uh, he will not depart. Uh, speaking of uh, the development of appetites, training up a child, uh, making sure that they develop and cultivate uh, good godly appetites uh, in their life. And, uh, and we're responsible for that. Uh, and uh, so uh, I believe that he modeled this behavior uh, with his own sons. The second thing I see about this father as being a model father uh, and, uh, and probably one of the biggest things that I struggle with as a dad. Now, Brother Bartels uh, during Sunday school said uh, he's a new dad. Uh, he's got a two-year-old. You know, he hasn't been doing it uh, for very long. Uh, and uh, some of you have children that are grown. Uh, some of you have uh, grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And uh, a little while ago in one of my messages, I referenced the fact that, it's, that I feel, honestly, myself personally, it's harder to, to, uh, to be a parent to grown children <laughs> uh, than it is to young children. Because when they're at home, you know, it's just, hey, uh, it's just a different tone. When they're, when they're older and they have families of their, of their own, uh, it takes on a whole different thing. And by the way, I think that uh, if you're an adult and you have your own family, uh, and uh, you make your own decisions, uh, I still think you need to honor your father and your mother. Uh, and that doesn't mean you're going to do everything that they say, uh, but, uh, but you need to honor them um, because God, the, the commandment of God uh, doesn't go away uh, when you run off and get married when you know, you're 17, 18, 19, whenever it was, 50, uh, and, uh, and uh, you have to honor. That's a command of God that has a promise attached to it. Uh, and, uh, but here's the thing. I see this man as a model because he respected um, the individual autonomy uh, of his sons. Now, let me explain that. Um, what would your reaction be uh, if one of your children, if you were in this, this story, came to you, <laughs> thumbing uh, you know, uh, his nose at you uh, and demanding that you give him uh, his freedom and his fair share uh, of, uh, of finances to help um, finances rebellion. Um, you, you wouldn't take that very well. That's a tough one because um, that's essentially what's going on. And, uh, and it's not unusual for a Jewish father in that culture. Remember, all the Bible is written for us, not all the Bible is written to us. Uh, and so there's a, a cultural, uh, historical context in what's taking place here. Uh, and so there were times where Jewish fathers would distribute uh, their estate to their children before they died. 
uh, and uh, sometimes they were maybe um, they couldn't work uh, anymore and uh, they, they couldn't manage uh, their business affairs and so they would, they would do that. But when they gave, uh, if say if I was a, you know, the elder son to a Jewish man and I was given my inheritance early, um, the rule was you can't go spend it. It's almost like it would be in trust <laughs> uh, to a certain degree. Uh, you, couldn't go and you couldn't do much with it until uh, the father himself uh, had died. And so it, it, under the law, there was a clear delineation uh, between um, sons and, and, and uh, older sons. The older son was to get uh, two-thirds, the younger son less. Uh, and uh, the Bible says that he divided this up. And so uh, he, had a, he had this demanding attitude uh, and uh, to give me... Uh, what uh, he felt uh, he had coming. Uh, and the, the father in our story uh, could have said no. Absolutely not. Because that's probably what you would have done. Uh, you would have said, you know what? <laughs> you're not getting my money. Uh, if you're going to go do that, knock yourself out. Uh, and uh, if you want to... Uh, in, in fact, we do that because there's a part of us that hopes uh, that when they, uh, when they realize that food doesn't just appear in a refrigerator... Uh, that somebody actually had to purchase it, that, uh, that they, like the prodigal son, would come to themselves and, uh, and realize. And, and I think in short order, when somebody uh, leaves the home and they get out on their own, uh, they, they, they realize those things pretty quickly, uh, and, uh, and, but uh, seldom do they uh, own up to it uh, and, uh, and say, uh, you were right. takes a little while. Uh, for that, but he could have just said no. He could have he could have tried to manipulate his son, telling him how much more he could have in the long run uh, if he would just stay and work, and his inheritance would grow, and they'd have more flocks and herds and uh, and more uh, property to be divvied up uh, in the end, and kind of play to uh, that greed and uh, to keep him there. He could have played the comparison game. Uh, he could have said, you know, why aren't you a good son like your older brother? Uh, and uh, and uh, you know, what are you trying to do? Break your mother's heart? Uh, you know, it's the games. We, uh, all parents play these games. Uh, so he could have said no and could have manipulated him, and, uh, and, uh, but um, that's not what he did. This father was prepared to stand by his teachings, to stand by what he had modeled and lived uh, in his own life, uh, and, uh, and decided uh, that uh, he knew what his, his son's strengths and weaknesses were, and, uh, and he seems to be prepared uh, to let his young son uh, be an adult and to, to go out there. Uh, and, uh, and probably if, uh, if uh, and I, again, I'm not trying to interject into the passage, but uh, if, um, you know, we all parent differently uh, and we all have different ideas, but there's something uh, that's, uh, that, is, that we share as parents when you have kids. Uh, we say it this way, like to our kids, you, don't, you won't know until you have a child of your own. Uh, everything about the kind of love uh, that is there, uh, the, the, the pressures and, and all of that, um, we just don't know. But perhaps, you know, he himself, he looked at himself. Like, I think of me when I was, uh, when Amy and I, we got married at 20 and 19. We've been, been together since we were 15 and 14. Uh, and, uh, and I think about, you know, we were in Bible college and we weren't, uh, you know, rebelling or, you know, trying to do all those things. But, um, you know, we wanted to live our own life. Uh, we wanted to make our own decisions. Uh, and uh, we were, you know, we didn't have any money. You know, we were living in a small little place and ragtag everything. And, uh, and, it's, a, and it's a wonder that we survived. 
Uh, and uh, but uh, so I think back to those moments for me uh, and for my wife and uh, in, in what our nature uh, are and, and how we would want to uh, have a life and uh, of our own, uh, at, you know, away from our parents and, uh, and uh, their, uh, their authority and, and whatnot. Uh, but, you know, this father wasn't a perfect guy. Uh, and uh, he knew God, and, uh, and uh, God doesn't make us like robots and, uh, and uh, mechanical men and women, and, and uh, he's created us to be uh, creatures of, uh, of choice and, uh, and freedom and, uh, and to make those decisions, and, uh, and uh, I just see him as a father uh, who uh, modeled respect for the individual autonomy of, his, of each of his sons. And so without preaching a doomsday sermon to his younger son, he gave him his inheritance and off he went uh, and, uh, and wasted uh, his inheritance. And he gave his son what he wanted uh, and he bid him farewell. We don't have any other inference in the story. Uh, he didn't go back, and uh, we don't have it recorded. He went back in to, uh, to his wife and complained about what had happened. We, we have none of that uh, in there. Uh, he, just, he just let it happen. Number three, um, a model father um, won't stand in the way of consequences. A model father won't stand in the way of consequences. Now, apparently, uh, this man had money. Um, this man had servants. Uh, he could have uh, played the manipulative game. He uh, could have assigned one of his servants to shadow his rebellious kid uh, as he went into the city and uh, carry various disguises and going wherever he went and uh, making certain that he had no idea that he was there kind of behind the scenes. And, uh, and he could have certainly financed that and, uh, and uh, you know, report back to what's going on, let him know uh, and, uh, that if things are going well or if they weren't. He could have, he could have kept track of his associations. Uh, who he was spending time with and uh, so that he wouldn't squander uh, the money. And, uh, you know, he probably thought, you know, I've worked hard for this money and I don't want Junior out there uh, just wasting it on, uh, on everything and uh, my, you know, my entitled son to waste it. He could, have, he could have done that. He could have put little reminders along the way uh, that, uh, that uh, would, um, you know, if he began to get in trouble, you know, maybe like uh, your father uh, wouldn't like this, would he? You know, somebody to, uh, to say those things. If things got real bad, he could bring them home. And, uh, and, uh, but no model father uh, would do that. Um, it's our tendency to stand in the way of consequences. Uh, a model father is not, uh, let me try to put it this way. Um, a model father uh, it should not be in the business of premature rescues. Um, and that's what we see in this story. All the models that we have, one that God has made very, us very familiar with, we focus so much on the son uh, and what he did and how he came back. Uh, but I was just thinking about uh, this man. Uh, as much as his heart was breaking, uh, he knew uh, that there was going to be trouble ahead for his son. Uh, he let him go. Uh, and, uh, and I ask you and uh, ask myself, uh, am I that kind of father? Uh, uh, are you that kind of mother uh, to your children? And, it, and, it's, and it's this fine line between, you know, uh, you know not wanting your children to do something that's going to hurt them uh, and then allowing them uh, to be hurt uh, with the things that they do and the decisions 
uh, that they make? And uh, do we respect the autonomy of our children as they become of age? Uh, are we willing to let the, them walk away from us, no longer nurtured uh, and controlled? It's a hard, it's a hard, uh, it's a hard thing to do. Uh, and, um, but in reality, as a parent, you don't really have a choice. Uh, at one point, uh, your kids are going to grow up uh, and they're going to move away uh, and they're going to have families of their own. They're going to have an autonomous family uh, that, uh, that they uh, have to give an account to God for. And, uh, and as a parent, you stand back uh, and you want to go, you want to you interject and you want to say uh, things. And, uh, and sometimes you do. Uh, and sometimes that goes well, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, and, uh, but uh, are we, it's, it's better that we understand that there isn't a choice in that matter, that they're going to grow and they're going to go, uh, and, uh, and they're going to live in a world unprotected. Uh, and we find this man uh, is a man that did not stand in the way uh, of uh, the consequences. It was, it was his son's choice. Uh, and, uh, you know, when, uh, when we look at the decisions we make as parents, uh, and we realize that uh, the bad ones that we've made, uh, we can, we can uh, you know, make uh, amends. Uh, we can uh, deal with that and we can apologize and, uh, and uh, you know, and get things where they need to be uh, with a big hug and perhaps some tears. Uh, uh, we need to be prepared uh, to send them off on their, to their own fortune to face whatever uh, may be the consequences, positive, negative, uh, and in between. Uh, I see this man uh, in this story in his, um, what he did and what he didn't do uh, as a model of fact that he would not stand in the way uh, of consequences. Number four, I've got to hurry. The model father has a love that refuses to give up. Uh, if you're here and you're a dad, uh, most of you have a breaking point. Uh, and uh, uh, you might say something like you can put up with so much uh, and then you have to uh, say something. You can only tolerate this or tolerate that. Uh, the fact is that our children uh, have the God-given freedom to go their own ways and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and never come back. Uh, you, can't, you can't force them to show you honor. Uh, at the same time, um, I think it's, you know, that, you know, the Lord pity someone who doesn't honor uh, their parents. And, uh, but, uh, but it's important for you as a parent right now to understand and realize uh, that you have to learn to live uh, sometimes with a broken heart. Um, Jesus said this, he says, in this world, paraphrasing, you'll have trouble. Take courage. Uh, I've overcome the world. So there's a realistic uh, 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 candor. Uh, in those teachings to understand that there's not a one of us in the, this room that will ever be free uh, from heartbreak. And you have to be willing to, to live with that uh, and, um, uh, and continue doing that, you know, uh, live in your life. And, uh, and I kind of, you know, the Bible says uh, in verse number 20 that uh, he arose and came to his father and when his, he was a great way off his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and, and kissed him. And this is how I imagine in this story as I, as I think about it in uh, the proximity and all this kind of stuff, I kind of feel this man was a man who um, let his son go, uh, didn't stand in the wake of the consequences, uh, didn't give him that doomsday sermon. Uh, I think he prayed for his son. I think he was concerned about his son. 
Uh, and I kind of imagine him being, you know, like even that day, uh, out in the fields, perhaps working uh, and uh, doing what he's supposed to do, but an eye on the horizon, uh, wondering if his son's going to come back. Uh, and when he saw him, the Bible says he ran to him, uh, kissed him. Uh, he had a love that refused to give up. Number five, the model father is forgiving. Uh, what would your action be if uh, your child did what the prodigal did to his father? Um, uh, you'd, um, you know, I have a sneaking suspicion you'd probably, have, uh, if you were like me, you'd write a sermon entitled, uh, I told you so. <laughs> Uh, and uh, uh, I have, uh, you know, uh, and, and you'll probably be prepared to deliver that sermon at a drop of a hat. Uh, and because uh, that's how we are. Um, we're like that with everybody, especially uh, with uh, our, our own uh, kids. And, uh, and so um, the father in this story uh, doesn't have a vindictive attitude. Uh, he uh, instead... Um, Love is there, and uh, he has compassion and runs and does that. Uh, the father doesn't linger. We don't see this in this story. He doesn't linger even for a minute uh, over his son's acknowledgement of, of his sinfulness and his unworthiness. Uh, he's not interested in saying, I told you so. Instead, he's overwhelmed with joy, uh, and, uh, and he just rejoices uh, that his son is back. The model father uh, is forgiving. Uh, and then lastly, the model father, well, I guess not lastly, I got one more. The model father uh, is a celebra- uh, celebratory person, celebrative uh, kind of a person. Um, he doesn't give his son a chance to ask to be a servant. He calls for the best robe, uh, and uh, which uh, in the Hebrew tradition stood for honor. Uh, he calls for a ring. Uh, and uh, that ring uh, stands for authority. Uh, if, uh, if a man gave another their signet ring uh, in that culture, it was the same as giving them power of attorney uh, and uh, how we would see it uh, in our life uh, today. Uh, he calls for shoes. Uh, shoes uh, stand for uh, him being a son and, and not, a, not a slave, not a servant. Uh, it was common in that culture that uh, those uh, who were slaves uh, didn't have shoes. And, uh, and uh, so he calls for shoes, a sign of freedom. Uh, he calls for a banquet, a feast to make merry. Uh, he said, for my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they begin to be married. Verse number 24. Uh, are you that kind of a person? Dad, mom. Uh, and uh, now, uh, you know, I might, I might not have been quite as spontaneous uh, and as exuberant uh, as uh, the model father in this passage of scripture. Uh, I, I might have uh, waited to have the party until I checked uh, into his recidivism rate uh, and uh, made sure that, uh, that uh, he wasn't going to run off and, uh, and break my heart again. Uh, and so I might have put the party off for a few months, maybe give him a job, try to measure uh, how uh, the job was doing. And, uh, and after all, it wouldn't have been fair to the older son to throw a shindig uh, for the younger son, and, uh, and that's just how uh, many of us uh, would, uh, would probably process that. Uh, but um, I know I need to learn and to grow and to develop and take a closer look at examples like this and to be uh, more of a uh, celebrated uh, type of a father. And then the model father, lastly, uh, is uh, willing to live in amb- ambiguity. 
a model father is willing to live uh, in ambiguity. Um, we don't know the end of the story. Uh, just like in Jonah, uh, how that story ended, we don't really know uh, the end of the story, and uh, in, in much is left kind of to our imagination. We, don't, uh, we do know that the other son got angry, uh, and, uh, and that father had to live with that anger. Uh, he wouldn't go in to the party. Um, his father had to go out to his son, uh, and he's basically, hey, what's up with this? Um, you know, I've been a good boy, and you didn't throw me a party. You never gave me a kid uh, to celebrate with my friends. Uh, and uh, um, and it's an interesting way that the Lord brought this, you know, to a conclusion. What was the father's response? Uh, he acknowledges his older son's faithfulness, uh, and, uh, and he makes no demands on the performance of the younger son. He just said, you're ever, you're ever with me, and all that I have is yours. Uh, and then, you know, and he didn't say to his younger son, you know what, um, that was your last chance. And if you don't straighten up, um, there's no more for you. Yeah, we threw a party today, and I'm glad that you're back, uh, but I'm watching you. Uh, and, uh, but we don't, we don't see any of that. Um, no one knows the future. You know, b- being a father and a, a mother has um, uh, no signed, sealed guarantees. You don't know uh, what is going to take place. And, uh, and um, our final reward it's not going to be the privilege of sitting back and, and, and saying uh, that we're a good father, a good mother, and, uh, and all that. It's for God to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Uh, and, uh, and so we find here that he was, this father was just willing uh, to, to live with ambiguity uh, and, uh, and to allow uh, for, uh, for what took place to take place. And so I'm saying all that. Uh, as, uh, as, as I have uh, tried to be a good dad, uh, tried to be a good husband, all the relationships that we have, we have the scriptures, we have uh, all this information, uh, and, uh, and I've read this story uh, hundreds of times, uh, if not you know, uh, more, uh, and focused on so many things uh, about the story, uh, except for really the ones uh, that I need to as a father. Um, that... Uh, that I think are, they're important to me. And, um, and I think they should be important to you. Uh, and uh, remember uh, that God is in control uh, of things and, uh, and uh, you don't have any guarantees. And, and if we're to look at uh, our greatest examples, of course, we know the Lord Jesus Christ is our greatest example. Uh, our Heavenly Father, the greatest example uh, that we have. Uh, but uh, in a story uh, uh, that... Uh, we look at so many different ways. If you're here today uh, and you're a father, uh, I just wanted to remind you uh, of uh, some things that God has given us in his word uh, as a model, and I hope that it's helped you. Let's all stand uh, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. And uh, Maybe you're here today and God isn't your heavenly father. Uh, the Bible says that if you're not saved, uh, you're of your, of your father the devil. That's what the Word of God says. I didn't say it. That's what the Bible says. Not everybody that is, uh, that is uh, you know, alive is God's children. Uh, you have to come into relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so maybe God is not your Heavenly Father uh, in the sense you've never trusted Him as your personal Lord and Savior. Uh, you can do that today. 
uh, you can pray and ask God to save you uh, and, uh, in repentance, and, uh, and He will. The Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Uh, but maybe you're here today and you're a mom and a dad, uh, and uh, maybe you have a prodigal son or daughter, maybe you don't. Uh, maybe maybe um, things have went well for you and, uh, and uh, maybe they've gone bad. I don't know, but I know this. Um, there's stuff in this story that will help you uh, to raise your children if you've got them at home uh, and, to, and to live um, uh, and, and to go forward uh, in your life fathering adult children uh, if they're gone. You say, God has spoken to my heart today and, and God showed me some, some places in this story uh, that, uh, that those models will help me and that I need to get better. And you admit that before God and you just raise your hand and say, God's spoken to my heart about one of these areas and just raise your hand where you are uh, and say, he has, could be moms, dads, uh, and God has spoken to my heart. Let me ask you this, when the panel begins to play, would you just go to the altar uh, and give that to the Lord and ask God to help you? Uh, to be uh, the father and the mother that you need to be. So the panel begins to play, and if God's spoken to your heart, just obey the spirit of the Lord.